Good evening. It is good to see all of you out tonight. We're glad that you're here with us. I like that song for our uh, lesson for tonight, for our series, Wonderful Words of Life. We are looking at wonderful words of life. And tonight we're going to be looking at the origins of those wonderful words of life. And, and maybe you, like I have, have wondered where the Bible comes from. Uh, we know that it comes from God. And certainly we can, can see that, that going back to creation, it was God's intention that we have these wonderful words of life. And so we have these things recorded for us, and by faith we believe them to be so. But as we look at the Bible, and as we look at origins of the Bible, we understand that the Bible is the work of many men, inspired by God and commissioned to share with us God's will for man. Beginning with the Old Testament law of Moses, God has used these men as instruments to share His laws and ordinances so that His people would be subject to them. So that we would do God's will. And that applies very well with what we talked about this morning. And though we are under New Testament law following the cross, it is good for us to recognize the importance of the law of Moses and how God's people fared in following it. Learning the origins of the law can help us in following God's laws for us today. Our lesson objectives for tonight are number one, to learn the importance of the law of Moses to Israel. To learn the importance of recognition and following the laws of God. And then to learn the importance of our own recognition of what is law for us today. Just as we look at the law of Moses from an Old Testament standpoint, and we see that, that the people then were to follow it, so we are to follow God's laws today. And so we want to be sure that we are within God's will in our own worship and service to Him. We're going to look tonight specifically at the law of Moses. We're going to look at, at how it applied to Israel and how it applies to us today. But we begin by going back to the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers. We know that Moses, by inspiration of God, is credited with the writings of Genesis through Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Old Testament. We know that it was inspired of God because of what we're told in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. That all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable to us so that we might be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so as we, we understand that, as we look at it from that, that standpoint, we understand that Moses was also an inspired writer just as the others who wrote the Scriptures that are before us. Moses was a special man. He had a special relationship with God. And in Numbers chapter 12, beginning with verse 6, Numbers 12 and beginning with verse 6, 
Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant, Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not, not in dark sayings, and he sees the form of the Lord. We also understand that, that this relationship, it was very special. And it was as if it was a face-to-face -face relationship, although we know that no one, including Moses, was able to see God's face or else they would perish. But he did have a very close relationship with God. He was the only one that we really read about that, that was able to speak to God. And he spent a, a great deal of time with God in receiving the Ten Commandments and so forth. In Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 10 through 12, but since then there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. And all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt before Pharaoh, before all, all his servants, and in all his land, and by all that mighty power and all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. He was given the mission of sharing God's Word with His people. Following Israel's victory over the Amalekites in Exodus chapter 17 and verse 14. Exodus 17 and verse 14. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book. And recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Israel's affirmation of the covenant in Exodus chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. Exodus 24, verses 1 through 8. Now he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord. But they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with him. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. And he rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he sent young men of the children of Israel, who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half the blood and put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. And they said, All that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, This is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. In Exodus 34, we read of the renewal of the covenant. Then the Lord said to Moses, uh, verse 27, Exodus 34, verse 27, 
Then the Lord said to Moses, Write these words, for according to the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. In all of these verses we read of, of, that Moses' primary responsibility was to share with Israel what God on many occasions had told him. And by recording the messages of Genesis through Deuteronomy, he shares what God has said with countless generations of believers. Even to us today, God's word is shared because of Moses and because of, of his work and sharing that message with the people. Moses' writings were not the writings of uh, just any author, but they were the writings of the words of God, and they were viewed as the words of God. In Joshua 1, beginning with verse 6, Joshua 1 and beginning with verse 6, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. They were to be strong and courageous in observance of the law of Moses, the servant of God. Preparing Israel to conquer Canaan. Joshua says to them in Joshua 23 and beginning with verse 6. Joshua 23 verse 6. Therefore be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. Lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. And lest you go among these nations... These who remain among you, you shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them, nor bow down to them. But you shall hold fast to the Lord your God, as you have done to this day. So they were to, to understand the law of Moses. They were to keep the law of Moses. They were to continue in the law that had been given to them by God. And these words that were delivered to Israel, these words were to be remembered from generation to generation. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and beginning with verse 1, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 1, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God 
to keep all His statutes and His commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Not only were these things to be remembered, but they were to be shared with each following generation. However, we also read of generations that forgot the words of the Lord. Maybe because of a lack of a great leader, or just the lack of, of fathers sharing with their children the words of God. But they were intended to be remembered. And even today, we remember the words of the Lord to Israel. Despite the fact that these things were to be remembered, we read of the law forgotten. The law forgotten. In the midst of the rise and fall of kings, the law of God was somehow forgotten. But it wasn't gone forever, and we do read that it was rediscovered in the days of King Josiah. In 2 Kings chapter 22, we read of a rediscovery of the law. In 2 Kings 22, and beginning with verse 1, Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidiah, or Jedidah, the daughter of Adiah of Bozkah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in all the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Now it came to pass in the eighteenth year of King Josiah that the king sent Shaphan the scribe, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah the high priest, that he may count the money which has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have gathered from the people. And let them deliver it into the hand of those doing the work, who are the overseers in the house of the Lord. Let them give it to them, or let it give it to them to deliver it into the hand of these doing the work, who are the overseers of the house of the Lord. Let, it, let them give it to those who are in the house of the Lord doing the work to repair the damages of the house. 
to carpenters and builders and masons, and to, build, to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house. However, there need be no accounting made with them of the money delivered into their hand because they deal faithfully. Verse 8, Then Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. So Shaphan the scribe went to the king, bringing the king word, saying, Your servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of those who do the work, who oversee the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Verse 11. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Akbor the son of Micaiah, Shaphan the scribe, and Athiah, a servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. So Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Akbor, Shaphan, and Isaiah went to Huldah the prophetess the wife of Shalom. The son of Tikvah, son of Harath, keeper of the wardrobe. She dwelt in Jerusalem in the second quarter. And they spoke with her. Then she said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants. All the words of the book which the king of Judah has read because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hand. Therefore my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. Verse 18, But as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord. In this manner you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender, and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and a curse. And you tore your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, says the Lord. Surely, therefore, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see the calamity which I will bring on this place. So they brought back word to the king. The law was found fittingly in the house of the Lord. Josiah was a good king. And as the law was shared, Josiah began restoring to their worship the things that they had forgotten. In the next chapter, 2 Kings chapter 23, beginning with verse 1, 
Now the king sent them to gather all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem to him. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and with him all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant which had been found in the house of the Lord. In verse 19, Now Josiah also took away all the shrines of the high places that were in the cities of Samaria, which the kings of Israel had made to provoke, to provoke the Lord to anger. And he did to them according to all the deeds he had done in Bethel. He executed all the priests of the high places who were there on the altars and burned men's bones on them. And he returned to Jerusalem. Then the king commanded all the people, saying, Keep the Passover to the Lord your God, as it is written in this book of the covenant. Such a Passover surely had never been held since the days of the judges who judged Israel, nor in all the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. But in the eighteenth year of King Josiah, this Passover was held before the Lord in Jerusalem. Moreover, Josiah put away those who consulted mediums and spiritists. The house sold gods and idols, all the abominations that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem, that he might perform the words of the law which were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. Now before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his might, according to the law of Moses, nor after him did any arise like him. Josiah was a very special king indeed. He was a good king in the eyes of God and he was righteous. He took away all the, the evil things that, that men had added to the worship of God and, and even added to their worship period, worshiping other gods. And he restored unto their worship those things that had been, for, that had been forgotten. Josiah restored Judah to true worship as no other king. The law, we find, had been forgotten again. We see a period where God's people are ushered into captivity because of their misdeeds, because of their refusal to repent and to turn back to God even though they had been warned. Following Babylonian captivity, in Nehemiah chapter 8, and beginning with verse 2. Nehemiah chapter 8, beginning with verse 2. Here we read of Ezra. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women 
and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose. And beside him at his right hand stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Urijah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. And at his left hand, Padiah, Mishael, Malchijah, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jemin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hadijah, Messiah, Kalita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peliah, and the Levites helped the people to understand the law. The people stood in their place. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God. And they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Why did the people weep? In much the same way that, that Josiah reacted, they realized the things that they had forgotten the things that they had neglected in the service of the Lord. Through the process of many years, Ezra and Nehemiah were instrumental in not only bringing back the law to the people, but also in bringing the people back to obedience of the law. Ezra and Nehemiah hold a very special place in the restoration of the law to the people, people of God. Tradition holds that Ezra was responsible for collecting the books of the Old Testament, with the exception of Nehemiah and Malachi, which were written following his death. And though this is tradition, we see it to be a very well-known tradition, and it is easy to believe that, that Ezra at least had a great deal, a great hand in bringing these books together for the remembrance of the people. This story is recounted in the non-canonical books of the Apocrypha. And the books of the Apocrypha are in the Catholic Bible, and we do have them for our reading today although they are believed not to be inspired, which is the reason that they're not included in the canon of the scriptures that we have today. 
But nonetheless, there are some, some very interesting things to be found in the books of the Apocrypha. And notably, what is found in 2 Ezra chapter 14, verses 44 through 48. 2 Ezra 14, verses 44 through 48. So during the 40 days, 94 books were written. And when the 40 days were ended, the Most High spoke to me, saying, Make, make public the 24 books that you wrote first. And let the worthy and the unworthy read them, but keep the seventy that were written last, in order to give them to the wise among your people. For in them is the spring of understanding, the fountain of wisdom, and the river of knowledge. And I did so. Five thousand years and three months and twelve days after creation, at that time, Ezra was was caught up and taken to the place of those who were like him after he had written all these things and he was called the scribe of the knowledge of the Most High forever and ever. The 24 books that are mentioned here would be the Hebrew Scriptures and though some of the details here are not reliable the tradition of Ezra compiling the books is of historical note. The books of the Old Testament were compiled 500 years before the birth of Christ. The books of the New Testament were compiled and published by name in about 397 A.D., if not before. Whether this tradition is true or not, I'll leave that to you to decide. But it is very interesting and something of history, most definitely. As we look at the Law of Moses, and as we've been looking tonight, again, we understand that Moses, by inspiration of God, provided the law to the people. Generation after generation, some would follow it, some would not. The law was lost and rediscovered and then restored after captivity. Many things happened in regard to the law of Moses, but those with a sincere heart were broken when finding that they had not been fully obedient to the laws of God and were eventually restored into true worship of God due to their diligence in restoring the ordinances of the law to their worship. Might we be much like them even today? There are many today that have rejected the law. There are many today that, that have neglected to keep the ordinances of the laws of God as they are given to us in the New Testament. The Old Testament is given to us for our learning, but the things of the New Testament are the things that we are to keep. And even today we find such a generation that has forgotten the laws of God and the importance of following them. Somewhere along the lines, parents have failed to teach their children 
And so we have many young people that are not faithful to serving God today. I have to ask the question, first of all as a congregation, and secondly as individuals, are we doing the will of God today? Are we serving Him as we should? We, we looked at the importance of that this morning. With Nadab and Abihu, what happened when they failed to keep the laws and ordinances of God? They were consumed by fire. Are we serving God in the way that we should today? Or do we find ourselves in a position of, of either not knowing or not doing as we are commanded in the New Testament? May I ask you tonight, are you a child of God? And are you faithful to Him? If you're in need of responding to the Lord's invitation and obedience, repentance, confession of faith, and baptism for the remission of sins, then the invitation is offered to you. If you've not remained faithful, if you need to come back to Him, if you need to restore your life in His service, maybe you need help. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness or for prayer. And if that is the case, then we would be glad to assist you in that need as well. But if you find yourself unfaithful before the Lord, if you find yourself outside of Christ tonight, then we would be glad to assist you in that need so that you can walk away a faithful child of God. If you'll come as together we stand and as we sing.